0: It was an October Saturday. About 10 families gathered at the church. The children all got together and decided who was riding with whom. We filled cars and vans and went up 64, actually west on 64, to the Carter Orchard. And we picked apples. The children climbed up the trees. We put children on our shoulders as they reached for the delicious fruit. We scrambled and filled bushel baskets full of apples for our families and for the food bank. You could even smell the apples, partly because there were some on the ground that had started to be overripe. Of course, it drew the yellow jackets. So you had to be careful where you stepped it was a glorious glorious day fruit is one of the sun kissed gifts of God Paul refers to the fruit of the spirit the image is laden with positive association sweet or tart juicy rich in color a delight to the smell, to the taste, to the eye. Likewise, Paul's portrait of the fruit of the Spirit is lovely and appealing. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why don't we read that scripture? By contrast, I want you all to read just this first verse so you get the the fruit of the Spirit. Say it with me. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Flesh in the letter to Paul means worldly values, things that oppose God or oppose community and good, healthy relationships. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Then Eugene Peterson translates it in this next slide. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity... We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely." like the bees. What do bees do? They pollinate. And without the bees, there can be no blossoms. And without the blossoms, there can be no fruit. So the Holy Spirit moves like the bees, pollinating blossoms, making fruit so that it can grow. Like the sun and the rain that give life, Christ warms and power breaks open the seeds of faith, causing it to grow. so how has can you go back to the to the um, apples just for a second? Thank you. so where has Christ warmth and love broken into your life? Where have you been? touch by the warmth of his love. A new member joined the church last week, actually 12 did, but there was a young man who actually had been invited by one of our church members to play on the church softball team. Apparently, he's really good. And they proudly boast that it was the second year that they have won the championship. What was lovely is that a member of our church invited him to come along. He works with this member, and he's seen in him faith and warmth and generosity. And through that member, he has come to learn something about Jesus. And then he got on the softball team, and he met cool people like Chris. thought it might be fun to come to church and he and his fiance came and they learn more about the church and they're going to grow with us so sometimes the spirit works that simply somebody invites you you invite somebody else they get to see the warmth of love and fellowship together The fruit of the Spirit grows in us when we put ourselves in service, when we put ourselves with Christ at the center. About a week ago, in the Richmond Times-Dispatch, I read a story of Lieutenant Jim Sizemore. He's with the Hanover Sheriff's Department. He's been a police officer for 24 years. And on the day he was interviewed, he'd just come from a tragic, horrible scene, a double homicide. The writer commented, It'd be hard not to lose your faith in such situations. But Sizemore said, As I've gained some age, some life experience, and hopefully some wisdom, my faith has gotten stronger I am more compassionate. Early in my career, I just wanted to get in there and help. Now I find myself praying that God will look after these people and let me help them. I used to think that I had to do everything on my own because people come to me to solve their problems. But I can't do it myself. I've put my faith in Christ and let him work with me and people's issues. It comes down to what you're going to hang your hat on. One of the crucial things we come to realize if we want Christ in our life, if we want the fruit of the spirit to grow is we can't do this on our own. There is no way we're going to have enough love. There's no way that we're going to have enough generosity in the face of horrible things that happen, in the face of the irritating people we have to live with sometimes, in the face of the ordinary trials of every day, getting children to school, getting to work, facing the deaths that's piled this high, dealing with illness. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit working with us. The Holy Spirit is both a conscious choice and an openness to the Spirit. Now, what does it take to make apple trees grow? You, do you just let apple trees grow willy-nilly? No, what do you have to put on the trees? You have to fertilize them. What else do you need? You need water. You need sunshine. And you've got to prune the suckers. That's actually what those are called. All those little limbs, they're called suckers. And one of the things they do is suck the life out of fruit. And so you've got to go in there and you've got to trim them off and you've got to get air flowing between the branches so they don't mildew. Now, in the Christian life, we got a little pruning to do. You know what we have to prune? Well, Paul says it's things like envy and fighting and... Deciding that we have to be right at all costs. Anybody ever feel like that? That you want to be right and you want that more than you want the relationship with this person? That needs pruning. It means a conscious choice to decide in a situation, all right, I'm going to act with kindness today it may mean that we actually think some things like, could I be wrong? How might the other person see this? What steps can I take to make the situation better? And every time we prune a little away with the help of the Holy Spirit, that's crucifying the passions of the flesh. It is pruning away those worldly values that stand against God and Christ. So every time you reflect on a situation and decide that you can do something to aid another person, to bring forgiveness and reconciliation, You're doing what the scripture calls crucifying the flesh with its passions. And you know sometimes it really hurts to do it. We don't want to give up being right. It hurts to give that up sometimes. Because we like to rehearse in our heads just how right we are. Anybody else do that? Yes, I've done that too. In the Galatian church, they had just a mess going on, just a mess. They were fighting, they were competing, they were arguing about what Jesus Christ does for us and how to live as a Christian. The church seems to go through this with every generation. But one of the things they were arguing about is how much do you have to do to earn brownie points with God. How much do you have to do? Do you have to do really well in school? Do you have to make a lot of money? Do you have to go through this process? And Paul gets really angry. He said, you foolish Galatians. Has somebody put a hex on you? Have you lost your senses? Have you lost your mind? Jesus Christ came into the world to forgive our sins and to free us to new life as a gift. As a gift. Don't go stacking requirements on top of that. Jesus came to free us. I don't know about you, but love, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control, all those things can be hard for us. When I read the list, sometimes I read it and go, gosh, seems like I haven't grown at all. And there are other times I realize, thanks be to God, that it's not about my efforts. It's about what The Holy Spirit is doing in me. Does the apple tree, does the fruit on the apple tree, does the fruit do anything? It just grows. It's a byproduct of the sun and the rain and the fertilization and the pruning. It's a byproduct of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the pruning that we do. So after many years of trying, I've developed a habit of doing morning prayer and reading the scripture. I try to do it five days a week. Sometimes I don't make it. But one of the things I find is it centers me. It gets me focused on what Christ wants. And when I don't do it, My day is just not as good. It gets me off to a right start. It reminds me of where my loyalties are. That's one of the ways we grow in the Spirit is keeping our eyes on Christ through Scripture. And if you don't do that, don't make a commitment to do it every day, but say, all right, Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to do it this week. Okay, Just try Monday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursday this week. Get your feet planted firmly. The Holy Spirit works through us even when, gosh, we're in the middle of doing the laundry or mowing the grass or at work or with family. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is with us in the meltdowns. Kelly Pittman is a working mother, two children, and a husband. And they had started off the school, and our young son could not find his stuffed animal, his favorite stuffed animal. She had set the timer for five minutes to bath time. Bing! The bell went off. Her son went ballistic. Ballistic. He cried, he screamed, he hated it that he had to go up to take a bath. He stood on the landing and screamed, You're not very nice to me. She managed somehow to take a deep breath, go upstairs, and while he was still screaming, get him in the bath and get him out. She was tired and bewildered, and she kept saying to him, Peace, 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 like a prayer. Take a deep breath. And then he did it. He rolled his eyes and went, huh. Now, there is nothing guaranteed to make her angry more than rolling your eyes and saying, huh. And she sat there, and she had to figure out what to do. She had to decide whether she was going to meet that child's anger with her own, to meet his force with equal force, or whether she was going to meet it with love. She was so tired. And then she heard a piece of scripture in her head, Bring to me all you who are tired and heavy burdened. And she sat down on the bathroom floor and her son still wet from the bath, unexpectedly, just crawled into her lap and lay there. And she said, I love you, buddy. I love you, I love you, I love you. And she could see he was about to come back with some kind of zinger. And suddenly he breathed, and he lay there. And after a few minutes, he got up and said, well, that's over and done with. And he went off to play with his sister. And she said, do you think that at that moment he said that was God's love at work? She doubted it. But he had heard the message Because he, in that moment, and she, have been given one of the gifts of the Spirit. The willingness to be patient and loving when you're tired and worn out. Pray for the Spirit. Work for the Spirit. Remember, we can't do it on our own. We need help. Amen.